Welcome to the Kosafa Show with Mark Gleason and Nick Said. Welcome to our latest episode of the Kasafa Show, where we have an exclusive interview with Namibia's national team coach, Colin Benjamin, about the past, the present, and the future. We will also hear from Banyana Banyana coach Des Ellis after her side advanced to the next round of qualifying for the Olympic Games in Paris next year, and from coach Leah Masango, who has been in Morocco on a CAF instructor's course with several colleagues from the Kasafa region. But first, Namibia will travel to the Africa Cup of Nations in Ivory Coast early next year. And with the World Cup qualifiers starting this month, these are exciting times for the Brave Warriors, according to their coach, Benjamin. I wanted to ask you, first of all, you know, when, when I saw you taken over the job, um, it was already, you'd already drawn it home with Burundi. You had Kenya out of the picture. You've got two games to come against Cameroon. Plus, you must play Burundi away. I'm thinking, and then I saw you signed a five-year deal. I'm thinking, okay, Colin is just using this Nations Cup maybe to look. And then it will be, you know, these qualifiers to look. And then you'll obviously now start building your team for World Cup, etc. Was was yeah. that was that was that what you were thinking? Did you or did you believe you had still a, a chance to maybe go to Ivory Coast? I, I you know, in all honesty, um, I looked at the group, and uh, obviously you also look at your team, you know, because um, you know, rightfully that your team, uh, the core of the team, was also at the, at the twenty nineteen, and they all basically, uh, you know, around the age thirty, you know, say. So I looked at our team, and I thought that okay, uh, the core is still around. And, uh, uh, and then Kenya pulled out. And I was like, no, if only two teams going to go through, we definitely have the chance. I looked, honestly, I looked at that group and uh, with a lot of respect, obviously, but still thinking that, hey, listen, we can actually create something here, something really unique wow. in the sense that, uh, you know, uh, everybody's expecting, just like you said also, expecting that, you know, uh, we're going to see in probably another four years we might make it because the cycle says that, you know. But uh, I honestly looked at the group and I saw that, you know, the core of our group as, uh, of our players are still around, probably for the last time then, hey, we have to give it a shot. I, I honestly looked at that, uh, uh, that we have a chance when I saw that group. Yeah. And then, and, and what do you, when you look like that, what do you see in them? Is it the fighting spirit? Is it the talent? What, what sort of gives you the hope it's it's uh you know less talent more work and and, and just the hunger you know uh they they all want to get out of and and like you also said that most of them are our best better players uh, they look for chances in south africa so it's basically that hunger wanting to succeed knowing that the clubs in south africa or anywhere else can can't really see them at home the only platform is the national team okay and 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 if you if you were to sort of um, i mean when you stepped into the job now did you also maybe look to change things in terms of playing style and philosophy or did you just say okay listen i've got to work with i've got with what i've got here it might, as you say, it might not be full of talent, but let me just, I mean, what is your sort of, what is your approach, can I ask you? My, my approach is basically, you you know, obviously a little bit, you look at what you have and also your personality. You know, like I, I'm still of the opinion that, you know, uh, I was not the best player, but uh, I could make it, I could go to Germany and play around there just because of, of basically hunger and saying that work, work, work. I believe that, you know, you have to work. 
And um, and I just thought that you look at them and uh, you just, what I basically teach or not teach, uh, yeah, what I looked at is was basically just, you know, um, you have to have that team centered or you have to change their mentality in a sense of you have to create ambition in them. They have to know that they're looking, they, 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 they should work towards something and only through work you can achieve those goals. So what I said is like, firstly, we have to become, we have to be more fit. If we're more fit, you are, you are aggressive. If you're aggressive, you make things difficult for your opponent. Mm. So it was basically just, just, uh, yeah, principles basically. And, and those are kind of like my life principles that I'm just trying to install, install in them. And going to that uh, game in Yaoundé or, or, or where in Cameroon in March. I mean, getting that draw. What was that? A, was that a pivotal moment? Was that a big turning point? It was. It was huge. It was huge. And I think you know, uh, as much as I thought, you know, that we're gonna get a point somewhere else. I think after that game, also the players started believing because you know, Yaoundé or West Africa uh, uh, in a whole is never easy. I mean, they haven't lost in a in a while there, and uh, the press conferences were just basically on how much how much uh, are we are we gonna how much the loss we gonna be okay? Is it a three zero four zero four one six one? You know what are you guys gonna be content with? So it was never given a chance in that game. So when we took that draw afterwards, you know, I for me I was like, wow, okay, we we have it now. And for the players it was like, aha. This is possible, right? And I think that's where, where, where basically everything came came in the belief, and then they started working, you know, and and, and they saw their chance. And I think uh, coming then to Joburg, you know, yeah, we did everything possible. We played at, uh, we tried to play at midday just to unsettle them, and 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 also just having it as difficult as possible for them on the field because of the belief that yes, we can, we can, we can actually overcome them. And where would you rate that win over Cameroon in terms of Namibia football? I mean, you had that great side that went in '98. They did, and they won Kosafe, etc. Or they got to the final. But I mean, beating Cameroon, people don't do that every day. Yeah, and and. You know, it's obviously huge, and I think that was the ticket that obviously uh, gave us, or that was our ticket to the Nations Cup, uh, and rightfully deserved as well. For us, we ranked, we ranked, I think, between 20 and 25, or let's say 24 till 27 in Africa out of 52 countries. So we are a mid table uh, uh, team. So for us to beat basically these world, world beaters, I mean, they just beat Brazil out there, it's basically showing potential. It's huge. It's showing potential, but it's also a sign, a signal within every football player within the country to say, listen, we can get there, but to stay there, that's the important one. And that's where the work comes in. And that's where the inspiration for everybody around or the young footballers that should come from and say, listen, we can do it. We, we can get there, but to stay there, we have to put in the work. In, in relation to the question and say, all, over the years, yes, we could, we could always draw. We could upset somebody every now and then but it was basically our peers but taking somebody out of the top 10 I think that is huge and that should actually just uh, yeah, install in, created basically dreams and belief within the players that it's possible and obviously you want to transfer that now to the finals I mean you don't want to go there as whipping boys no no definitely not you know um, I think as, as a person as myself as a person you always we always want to be better than you were yesterday 
and, uh, and that's what you have to toward, work towards. If you look at uh, what we had now, we always, uh, I think we, each time we come, came back with a point, it is just natural that our goal should be that we should become, we should play better, play better and we should get a better, uh, we get, should get, we should come with better points than we had last time when we were there. But then obviously also depends on preparations and that's what the main fight is about here now at home. We, we, we have to set as a nation, we have to decide what is it actually that we want. We formulate those goals and then we have to put in the work accordingly, whether it's from the government side, whether it's from the private sector side. But we we cannot expect you know to 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 basically just go on like we were before. We have to learn from those lessons and we have to try and do better collectively. You've kind of half answered my next question because I read when you when you signed your contract at the beginning, you you did say I'm I'm going to need resources in this job. I mean you're gonna need friendlies now, you're gonna need training camps. Is that are you gonna get that? I don't know. I don't I really don't know. Uh, there was an indication from the sports minister over the over over, the, uh, over local TV here, over local news here that they will, that they will, and uh, I think the deputy minister normally is uh, she's an avid soccer fan. Uh, she always talk, uh, normally, uh, yeah, what is it, attend the matches. So and then she was previously the the permanent secretary, the executive directing that ministry. So she knows exactly what it is that the team needs. If she said it, uh, that there's a possibility, I think uh, yeah, we're going to take her word and we're just hoping and seeing what, what's going to come in the f- next few weeks. And then I quickly but, wanted to ask you, you you know, you played in 08 in Ghana, and I remember, I mean, you guys got a, a quite a big, uh, hard introduction at Morocco game, and then you kind of got a little bit stronger. I mean, you had, Ghana was a tough one, and then you got a draw with Guinea. What, what lessons do you remember from that that you will tell your boys now for for this trip to Ivory Coast? Uh, you know, um, I think I, I think back, back then we were really open, open in a sense that uh, tactically we were not schooled, but naive. And, and, and yeah, naive thinking that you can actually go pound for pound with the big boys. I mean, a Morocco, a Ghana, all of these these guys, perennial uh, soccer houses and, and in, in, on the continent and the best players playing in the best leagues in the world. Pound for pound, you un, you don't have a chance. So it's basically for us to work on, on our strategies as a team. It's only through the teamwork, through the the, the compactness and, and the brotherhood, one fighting for the other, that we can actually uh, overcome that. Pound for pound, yes, we know that we, we don't we don't really uh, can compete with them, but only as a team we can, and that's where we see our chance, and that's where we're looking at. And if you look at the landscape of African football now, I mean, there's so many changes. I mean, Guinea-Bissau is going to the fourth finals in a row. Equatorial Guinea was in the quarterfinals. Gambia was in the quarterfinals. I mean, is there scope in your opinion for a Namibia to be a consistent, as you call like the perennial uh, qualifier? Why not? You know, is, is what I'm asking. You know, most of those countries that you mentioned that their players or oh, yeah, in, in West Africa, most of their players, their development doesn't happen here. On the, yes, on the that's they develop, yeah, their development happens uh, elsewhere or in Europe. So they've got that added advantage that they can come to to games with 
with better quality uh, and, and, and through that quality they can qualify and, and do the work properly. We don't have that. So now for us, it's to basically put in a structure, a structure where we can actually produce players, you know, that can actually compete with those guys up there. And structures, I mean, it's like we have to get our house in order where we know that our youth teams, our under-17 teams, um, we, we have basically programs where we know that these guys are coming from the under-17, they're playing youth tournaments, going over to the under-20s, playing then in the senior, in the in, in, in club competitions here at, at home and try to get them also as early as possible then in the national teams. And that's basically what my goal is, that I have a few youngsters that's really, really good showing potential. So we have to see through our preparations now till the finals in Ivory Coast that we have to get them at least to 10 plus games uh, in this short period of time so that we can at least know that they've got 10, 10, 10 games, 10 senior games behind them and that they can somehow compete a little. Uh, yeah, they can compete with some of these big boys adding their mentality and ambitions then onto that, onto that uh, plate. So someone who spent his, uh, most of his career in Germany, it must be very frustrating for you there. I mean, the systems could not be more different from what you were used to as a player. Yeah, you know... Um, yeah, everybody asks me that, and the uh, only answer that I can give is, yes, it is true. I mean, it's not something that I'm going to hide. I do get frustrated. I am frustrated at the moment, you know, frustrated actually to the point like the, the whole parliament, they're congratulating us, they uh, influential people, politicians, uh, uh, influential people in, in finance, and everybody's com- congratulating us. And, we, and I'm saying, no, we don't need that. We want you to use your influence to influence the right people to at least have us a play, to have a stadium where we can play our matches so that these players actually have something to dream about, to have their people cheer for them, to have their 12 men, for example, to cheer for them so that they can have a chance of actually competing. Because if you're going to compete on this continental stage, you need to win your own games, for example, and that's not possible. So yes, I am frustrated, and the only answer that I can give is to say, somehow the Namibian blood is 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 thicker than what my mind is telling. <laughs> Last one, sir. Um, I look at your World Cup group, and I think, yeah, you got a chance there. Only Tunisia really is a power, and they're not that great. What are you thinking, World Cup wise? You know, in all honesty, I, I I saw the same. I had the same thought where I'm like, there is a chance. But as soon as as uh, that, that thought came, I had to bury that thought and say, no, we can't. We can't. We we have to get certain structures right, and we have to with all stakeholders, whether it's the government, the private sector, everybody involved, everybody that says they've got the soccer at heart, the soccer affairs of the country at heart. We should come together and decide. Is it something that we want to do? Because there is no way you're going to qualify for the World Cup playing 10 matches away. It's not possible. So now we have to make it. We have to make a decision, and that's why I'm saying these influential people that is congratulating us and and and, and just doing lip service. They should talk to the right people. Oh, because they do meet these people every day. We don't. I don't see. Uh, I don't see the politicians or the or the uh, big business people or or, or or leaders of SOPs every day for them to tell them, "Hey, listen, what do you think of putting a few bucks together and and fixing that stadium?" So yes, that thought came, but I buried it as soon as it came and saying that no, this should be a and this should be a collective decision. It's not a decision that I should take. It's a decision that we should take, and then we have a help hold each other accountable for that.
Banyana Banyana will play Tanzania in the next stage of qualifying for the Olympic Games in Paris after defeating Democratic Republic of Congo 3-1 on aggregate in the previous round. But it was certainly not plain sailing for Coach Ellis and her team. Well, in the first game we had a... We had one training session together and we had to put a new backline together. And I thought, uh, you know, we, we didn't start well, um, but we ended off the game really well. We knew at home um, that we needed to take charge of the game, but Andili made such a great save right at the beginning that kept us in and they had one or two half chances, but so did we. You know, we could have gone into the game uh, at halftime with a lead, but we just kept saying, you know, keep the intensity up, keep the width up. The gaps will come in between. Let's move the ball around quicker. And that's what we did in the second half and making the substitute of Colossa as well, pushing Linda a little bit further up, gave us that little more impetus going forward. Um, and then we got the goals and, you know, keeping the ball and uh, making sure that we didn't concede was really key. I said, if we don't concede, we're going to create chances, which we did. But we still have that age-old problem of not finishing teams off when we have them, um, when we have those opportunities. And that is one thing that we still really, really need to work on. But very proud of the team. As I said, we have a new backline, a very young backline. There's so many players that were not available but they stood up and I think over these two games they've really matured and grown and that really augurs well for the future because we're not just working at looking at now we're also looking at further so we have to make sure that you know we also make sure that we refresh make sure that we give players an opportunity and that's what happened today I thought the backline was solid up front we could have done a little bit more um, we knew that they in transition they had the very quick physical players and I thought on the flanks we handled that really well um, and, and hardly gave them a chance in the second half and that was important for us. Look, I would say yes and no, because a lot of the personnel changed um, with a lot of players not being available through to injury, um, exams, and we all know with NOCO having a residential permit issues, we then needed to put uh, practically a new team together, um, you know. But yes, players being part of, of, the, of the camp, uh, because training happens, you know, and that's how play, players grow. But it really did help, because in the second game against the US, we also changed the team a lot to give other players an opportunity, um, you know, with also Sinotolo not being available due to her getting a degree later in the year not having to miss schoolwork um, so that really helped us but uh, there's no bigger teacher than playing the game and I think over the first leg we tried to, to manage to get them to play together but as, as the training sessions went on we work a lot in training on their long balls especially to the striker and to the winger um, because we knew they were going to do that in the first game but we could have handled especially the, further, the goal they scored better so we worked a lot on that um, during training also a lot on us being better um, when we win the ball and in the first half we struggled a bit, uh, but in the second half, we opened them up really well. But we're always speaking about making the core group bigger. Um, Luna Temba has been part of our squad for a very long time, but hasn't played, except for Kusafa. Uh, Wendy um, played at the World Cup as a left winger, but we've seen her play at Tux as a left back. And obviously, we needed her physicality and her speed um, against uh, uh, Dior Congo. And that's why we played we played her at the back. Fekile is been in and out of the, of the squad. Carabo's played in a different position, but we know of her playing at Sundowns in a back three. We also know of her playing at the university, either as a DM or as a centre-back, and that's why we went with that group to play. But it augurs well because now a little bit more pressure is put on the rest of the team, and competition is good because competition makes the team even better. We also have within our, within our camp that the younger players will We'll sit with the more senior players and, and sort of have discussions, etc. We decided to watch the Springboks. Uh, we were sitting in the 
in the meeting room with a big screen and we decided to watch the Springboks even standing up and singing the national anthem. And I think Kaylin came to me afterwards and she said, Coach, this was really good, be ready. You know, so we decided to sit and watch the game and support the Springboks. And I think that's a little bit where my voice has gone to as well. Because that last couple of minutes, we were not watching anymore. We were walking around, but the inspiration that they bring, I mean, they put their bodies on the line. They surely know who they were playing for, for the people back home. And we do the same. We know the people back home is really important for us. The people back home really support us. And we were really happy that the fans came out in their numbers to support us. Because when the team needed a little bit of a lift, they started singing and they started uh, supporting the team. So, so that's really, really important. Liam Masango heads the technical study group at Kosafa Tournaments and is seeking to take the next step in her career by becoming a CAF coach instructor. She has recently been to Morocco to earn her qualifications. I am Liam Sweetness Masango, Kosafa technical study group leader and technical consultant. I am currently in Rabat, Morocco, attending a CAF instructor's course. The course started from the 18th and it will end on the 25th of October, 2023. I am here representing South Africa and uh, Hortesia Mama Hasina from Madagascar with also Cheki, Haubineli from Botswana and Gasawana, Yurikonjera from Namibia, Beauty, Muamba from Zambia and Sitetele Lopanda from Zimbabwe. All of us were, we are here representing our countries in the Kosafa region and we were identified during Kosafa Women's Instructors Course, which was held at Sentin in March 2020. And the elite instructors that are out of our zone, which is the Kosafa zone, are Jacqueline Shepanga from Namibia and Shelin Poisson, who will come in and deliver a presentation on match analysis. And there's also Wilson Mukdekede, who is also busy on the other side with the men's um, course which is an elite instructor's course who comes from Zimbabwe. Now, some of the topics that will be covered in this course, uh, which we this one we have already covered, which is the KEF coaching convention and uh, the women's football division. In there, they'll be telling us about how the women's football division has been running within KEF and what are the new improvements that they want to bring in in the plan as a plan going forward. And the other topics are the profile the, the profile and the role of an instructor and instructor's principles and teaching method and methods of training, GAC, which stands for global, analytic, global, and then also mental training, just to name a few of the topics. And for me, leading the, the TSG at Kosafa has been a, has had a positive impact on me as an instructor and as a coach, as it has grown me in different ways. As I speak, I have currently uh, improved a lot of skills. First of all, running the technical study group and managing the group members, which is what it entails. And at the same time, focusing on TSG daily duties uh, during tournaments. And at the end of, of the tournament, uh, in, ensuring that uh, there is a report which uh, is usually completed within a month to two months because these reports, they require a lot of attention as you are required to collect a lot of data and also make sure that everything is relevant and it talks to the tournament and it can improve the, the, the play 
players, the coaches, and the MAs in the Kosovo region at large. Uh, I really appreciate the opportunity that uh, was granted by my MA, uh, the South African Football Association, and uh, Kosovo, and Kev, and all the mentors, and to all the mentors, uh, family members that have supported me on this journey. I'd like to say thank you. That's it for another episode of the Cassava Show. We'll be back in a fortnight ahead of the start of the African World Cup qualifiers. Don't forget, you can listen to more of our podcasts on our YouTube channel, Spotify, and iTunes. You can also get the latest news via our website at www.cassava.com and on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok.